0: Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham inviting you to explore wisdom from the word with us. For more information, visit us online at lanierhills.com. All right, good morning. How's the church today? Are y'all doing all right? No. Ah, oh, it's terrible. Oh, man, we need to just go straight to prayer. <laughs> man, it is so good to see everybody here at church and to worship together. I want to welcome all of you online. I'm Pastor Randall, and I want to say thank you for worshiping with us here at Lanier Hills Church, the perfect church for people who aren't. We're are all my imperfect people today. Yeah, right here. All right, you guys that didn't raise your hand, you liars. <laughs> You, uh, <laughs> so, uh, thank you for being here, all you imperfect people, because I'm an imperfect pastor, and we're going to jump into the scripture today. We're going to be in John chapter 5 in just a second, so if you want to get your Bible out, you can go ahead and find it, John 5 and verse 16 is where we're going to start in a few moments. We are uh, going through the book of John. And uh, just kind of taking section by section, talking about it, how it applies to our life. And this whole idea of coming and seeing who Jesus is and getting to know him and recognizing who, what he taught and who he is and his character. So we're going to do that today. Um, and so if you don't have a Bible, you can follow along. You scan the little QR code that's on the seats in front of you, and it'll take you to all the sermon notes today. And while you're turning your Bible, I just want to say this too. If you're new and or you have a prayer request or something, and take the time and while you're sitting down here to take out that little communication card. It's a little white envelope in the seat in front of you, in the little basket. Fill that out, and at the end of the service, I'll tell you what to do with it. But that's the best way to communicate with us. Get on our mailing list, all of that stuff, to emails, all of that. So take a moment and do that while you're sitting there for the next few minutes. So um, how many of you get tired of making decisions? You might get tired of making decisions, right? I mean, just making Whatever it is, you got so much, it seems like the more responsibility you have, the more decisions you make. How many questions, I mean, how many decisions do you think you make in one day? Got a question. So you can tell me, how many decisions do you think you make in one day? Too many, many, that's the right answer. Yeah, what else? Got a number? 30 decisions? Thousands, yeah. What else? Who? somebody, 10,000 maybe, 10, whatever. So I I wanted to know, like, that's a pretty good question. So I googled it, right? And you can trust everything on Google. And so uh, here's what I found, that on average, you make 35,000 decisions a day. Isn't that crazy? No wonder our brains are like, ah, just worn out. 35,000. You think about it, Everything you do, every second, you're making a decision, you know, you're to do something or not to do something. How many um, decisions do you think you made each day just about food? <laughs> Zoom in again, right? How about 227, on average, decisions every day about food? You think about it, I'm going to put mayonnaise on it. I'm not going to put mayonnaise on it. How thick am I going to cut this tomato for my tomato sandwich, Right? <laughs> I mean, you just, all of that, you just go through it, and you know, there's so many questions that we have. No wonder we have decision fatigue, and, and we make thousands of decisions. Some of you, you made decisions, I mean, every, matter of fact, every one of you made a decision to be in church today, didn't you? And uh, some of you spent your, a majority of your 35,000 decisions just trying to figure out what to wear today. Didn't you? You're, and right now, on your bed at home, is there's a pile of clothes because you went through all of those, and now you got you did made a decision not to put them up. You know, what I'm talking about you're like, how does he know me? <laughs> yeah, right. Because we're all the same. Anyway, you got you make decisions. You made a decision to come. Some of you couldn't be here. You have you made a decision. Maybe you're on vacation or you're with family or doing something. But you've made decisions. You made a decision to be here. And and you know, sometimes in life, there's decisions that alter majorly the course of our life. Like who you marry, the job you take, what you study in school, you know, to do something not to do something that you, you should or shouldn't do. You, you make a decision, it alters the course. Anybody think of some decisions in your life like that? That were big decisions. The decision to marry my wife, the decision for us to go into ministry and move off to a different state, those were big decisions. And, and decisions, it can be said that decisions determine the journey you take in life, and that 's true, right? It de- determines where you end up it, not just the journey but the destination that you end up. But I would back up and say it 's not the decisions that determine your journey. I believe it 's the beliefs that determine your decisions that impact your journey. Your beliefs see every see like you may think you know. Like my dad, my dad does not believe GPS is worth listening to. <laughs> anybody else got anybody like that in your life? You're like, I don't trust the GPS, I know better. So he'll, they'll come over to visit, visit, and they listen every Sunday afternoon, so he's here, he'll hear this. But he, uh, he'll come over and he'll say, you know, it took us an hour and 45 minutes to get here. I said, well, you did, did you listen to GPS? No, we just came our own, yeah did our own thing, right? So that determine their journey? I'm like, well, GPS is pretty good. How many of you did, like, follow the GPS just to go someplace you go all the time? Why? Because it can see a little bit better. It knows there's a wreck over here, and you should go this way, right? And I, that's why I'd, I'd use it. It has saved me a lot of time. Some of you are like, see, that's why you should use it, Right. <laughs> But I I, I trust it, and so I believe, and I don't believe Google has got a conspiracy to follow me around everywhere. I just trust it, that it's going to get me where I want to go quicker than I can do it myself. It determines the journey and the destination, all of that. In life, there's are the same things. Our our decisions determine, you know, our our beliefs determine the decisions. It's true in our spiritual life, too. You see... Your beliefs will determine your spiritual journey. What you believe about God, what you believe about the scriptures, what you believe about Jesus, what you believe about um, truth, what you believe about the church, what you believe about these things will determine the journey that you have in your spiritual life and where you end up. And some of you, you know, you don't you don't believe this stuff. And so it's it's impacting your decisions. If you don't believe church is important, you won't go to church. If you don't believe reading the Bible is important, you won't read the Bible, you know, all those things. So what you believe to be true will determine your destiny, your decisions and the journey. And today we're going to take a look at some things that Jesus said that give us some core beliefs that if we believe them will determine our journey with him, it will determine our spiritual walk. It will determine not only that, it will determine our spiritual destination. So we're going to take a moment to look at these and we're going to read a good bit and it's pretty wordy and it's pretty deep, and I, but I'm going to break it down after that into four core beliefs that it teaches us about Jesus and then we to decide what we're going to do with those beliefs. So before I do that, let's pray, then I'll explain it to you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for allowing us to be here. I thank you for the opportunity to preach and teach and love on this church. Thank you, Lord, for the presence of your Holy Spirit to empower me. But Lord, it's your word word that does the work. It does not come back void. So today, Lord, I know I am an imperfect person and perfect pastor and preacher, but Lord, would you use my inadequacies to bring glory to Jesus today? Lord, would you draw people to yourself, and would you, Holy Spirit, open each of our eyes to see what we need to see, open our, our ears to hear your voice speaking to us, our minds to understand you, and our heart to follow you. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So let me give you the context of John. We learned this last week. We saw Jesus heal a crippled man. This man's been crippled for 38 years. Jesus sees him, um, goes down by this pool at Bethesda, and this pool is kind of a mystical pool where angels would come down and stir the water. The first person to get in the water would be healed. So people would just go there and sit. So you have this crippled man sitting there by the pool, and Jesus sees him, and he says, asked this important question, do you want to get well? That's an important question for all of us. We're stuck in our stuff, and first question we have to ask, do we want to get well? So Jesus says, do you want to get well? And the man gives excuses. Well, I don't have anybody. Take me down to the pool. And Jesus just says, all right, get up. Take your mat and walk. Get up. Start walking we talked, we kind of drew it out, drew a picture of what it might look like as this man got up and walked and his muscles grew back on his legs and, and he got up and, and he took his mat, right? And then that, and Jesus kind of snuck away out into the crowd. Now the man is so excited, he takes his mat and goes running around and it's the Sabbath which is an important day for, for the Jews and, and for believers as well, but it was an important day because they couldn't do a lot of things on the Sabbath, You weren't supposed to be working. You couldn't walk so many steps. You couldn't carry anything specific. You know, you couldn't do certain, there's a bunch of rules, hundreds of them that they couldn't do. But he's got his his mat because Jesus told him to get up and carry it. So he's walking through and the religious leaders say, why are you carrying your mat on the Sabbath? He says, because this man healed me and he told me to carry my mat and get up and that's what I'm doing. He'd say, well, who told you to do that? He's like, I don't know his name. And so, later on, Jesus finds the man in the temple that evening and as they are worshiping, and Jesus goes to him and says, hey, here's the, he basically like, here's the rest of the sermon, I, I healed you. He says, quit sinning, <laughs> or worse things are going to happen to you. He gives him the rest of the sermon, not just, hey, you're healed, change your life, basically what he's saying. He says, "And or you're going to, you know, things are going to happen. And when the man found out who it was that healed him, that it was Jesus, he goes and tells those religious leaders, the man who healed me, his name is Jesus. This is where we're going to pick up. Now, Jesus goes into some deep doctrine. I'm going to break it down for you here. It's going to take us a minute to read through it. Just follow along. And here's we go. It. John 6, 5, verse 16. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. Why did they not like Jesus? Because he broke their religious rules. In in his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at work. To this very day, I too am working. He's saying, hey, the father never stops working on the Sabbath. But what's more important, he says, my father. We're going to come back to that. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And Jesus gave them this this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do and do what he sees the father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to him to him, to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but he has entrusted all judgment to the Son. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and now has come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in him, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. Last two verses. Do not be amazed at this, and look what he says, for a time is coming when all who hear, who all, who all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out, and those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. That's a mouthful, that's a lot, and there's a lot there that we can talk about, and, and I want to take a moment and just talk about four core Christian beliefs that come from this because what we believe determines our spiritual journey. So we need to understand what we believe and then make the decision, do you believe it or not? Because it's going to determine what your journey along the way. So what's the first thing we learn here that I want to point out? The first thing we, hear, we see this is Jesus said, and he called the God, he says, my father. He said, my father. And that's the first thing that ticked these guys off they, because he's saying, I am equal with a father. Can you imagine you, you know, you run into somebody and they're like, hey, God's my father. What do you think? You're like, what are you smoking? You know, I mean, you, you're like, you're crazy. You think he's crazy. So these guys, I mean, they really don't know. let just give them a benefit of the doubt. You hear somebody saying you're equal, God, you're going to first of all doubt, Right. But they don't understand the whole story. But then he goes in to explain. See, the difference is Jesus didn't just say, God is my Father. He healed people. Now, if you go around saying, I'm equal with God, and you start raising people from the dead, I might pay attention. Right? See, it's his his power that comes along with it. He said, I'm equal with God. And let me show you. He says this. He says, I, I have the right to give life, and he says, I can do even more amazing things than you've seen here. So he's backing it up with his word, but he's making himself equal with God. So core belief number one as a Christian is this, that, is that Jesus is divine in nature. He's like God and is God. He's divine in nature and has always preexisted with the Father that he's always been there. He is, he is with the father. We have the father, and we have the second, we have the, tr- the son. And then we have the Holy Spirit, right? <coughs> so we have all of these, we have these three parts and they make up the Godhead. So Jesus isn't just a man. He's the God man. The 100% God 100% man came to walk and live on this earth. He makes this very clear. If you, don't under, if you don't get that, then the rest of your Christian doctrine falls apart. <coughs> the second thing we see is this. Jesus said that the Father has entrusted all judgment to the Son. All right? We see that in John 5, verse 19-23. He says he has given him all authority. and it, So that teaches us this second core belief, which is this. The Father has given all authority to the Son, emphasizing Jesus' role as the final judgment judge. So, Jesus is God, and, it says, and he goes on to say, everything I see the Father do, I do, because we are one. And he says, we are, li- we are one, and so I obey the Father. And because the Son is in right <laughs> relationship with the Father, he has authority to judge all of creation. He has authority to determine what's right and what's wrong, determine our motives, and determine our actions, and weigh those out. And so he's given him authority to do all of these things and that eventually, we'll see in a second, judge every single person. Why? Because he's obedient, he's perfect, and he's God. Core belief, number two, Father's given him all authority. Jesus has all authority. Third thing we see is this, that Jesus said, and I'm gonna read it here. Here's what he says. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. So Jesus is God. Jesus is the judge. But look at this good news. That the core belief number three, Jesus grants spiritual life to those who believe in him, ensuring their eternal security. So he's the judge. He's God. He's the judge. But listen what the good news is. He says that all who believe in him and his word, He gives the right to become the children of God. That there will be a judge and there's going to be a judgment one day, but if we believe and put our hope in Him, we don't have to be separated from God for eternity. We can have eternity with Him. And this is good news, church. Let me tell you why. Because if it was all up to our actions, you imagine a scale, and on one scale, you know, on the side, you're weighing out, you have all of your evil deeds or bad motivations and things you did you might have done it right but you did it for the wrong reason that's all over here in this big pile weighing on this then on the other side you got all the things you did right for the right reason let me ask you how many times what's that going to look like right how's that way out not too good right And so, for a lot of people, that's what they're hoping in. They're hoping this. They're like, I hope my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, and God lets me into heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm not counting on that for myself. I'm not counting on that because here's what I know, man. My motivation isn't always right. My heart isn't always good, and I don't always do the right thing. But here's what I know. Jesus is the Son of God came to this earth will judge and gives eternal life to all who believe in him I'm putting my hope in Jesus Christ that's where my hope is that gives me peace and so Jesus tells us this he's like everyone who believes that so that's a core foundation listen no one gets into heaven on their good deeds it's all through Jesus and his belief in him so that's core that's foundation number th- number three Fourth thing we see, and Jesus says this. Let me read this. It comes from verses 25 through 29. It says, All who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out, and those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. So here's the fourth core belief. It's this. There will be a future resurrection. There's going, to be a second resur- There's going to be a second coming of Jesus and a final judgment for all. This is important. And As we go through life, I doubt any of us today, maybe you were, but majority of us probably were not thinking on your way to church as you were making your decision about what to wear and all those things and what you're going to do today. You probably were not thinking, Jesus might come back today. Were you? Probably not, because we just kind of go through life. But the truth is, Jesus said it, and if you believe the words of Jesus, Jesus said there's going to be a day where the dead will rise to life, right? And, the, and, the, and then the, those who do not believe will rise to condemnation. And there's going to be a second coming. And, and we understand this, that, that, that the dead, it says in the Scriptures, will rise first, and then we will join them. In in eternity. And then, at some point in history, there's going to be a judgment and every single person who has ever lived and will live will be judged by this one thing. What did you do with Jesus? Did you put your faith and belief in Him? And he says, and those who have put their faith and belief in Jesus, they will rise to life, to eternity with God. But those who have not Put their belief in Jesus will rise to condemnation. But thank God, the Scripture says this. But all those who've put their faith in Jesus, there is no longer any condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And we'll stand before God, and He'll say, "Why should I let you in? I'm not going to go. Well, my good deeds, Sarah. I hope they're here. You go." And I'm going to say, "Thank God for Jesus Christ, whose death on the cross." has redeemed me that's the hope now there's going to be another judgment church it doesn't really talk about it here but i want you to understand this there's going to be another judgment after that one it's called the Bema seat and then at the Bema seat that's where the believers will stand before god and will give an account for what we did with our life not for heaven or eternity but for the rewards and the fruit of our life And we'll have to give an account saying, here's what I did with the gifts and the talents and the treasures and the resources and all the things that I live. Here's what I did with them. And God will honor people for that. So we still give an account, but it won't be determining our eternity and where we spend it, but the rewards of heaven. So we still have to give an account for that. So here's what we have. Let's take all four of these. Jesus is divine. He's the son of God. He is God. Jesus has all authority, the Father has given him all authority, and he will be the judge of all things. Third thing, Jesus has also come and he died for our sins, and all those who put their belief in him will be born again and spend eternity in heaven. And one day, there's going to be a second coming, and all those who have faith in Jesus will spend eternity with Jesus. And those who don't will be condemned for eternity. That's four major points right there. And if you believe those things, if you really believe them, they will determine the decisions you make in your life. If you believe Jesus to be really the Son of God, okay, then what should, how should I live? If, if, he, if I'm going to be judged and he's the authority, what should I do with that? If, I, if he really does offer forgiveness and grace, what should I do? And if I'm going to be standing before God one day and giving an account of my life, how should I live? Those are very important questions that we need to ask ourselves. And see, what you truly, truly, truly believe about Jesus will show in how you live. Because some people, you have this knowledge in your head but it has never impacted your life. You have the knowledge, but it has not made it into your life. And so what do you truly believe? You believe, hey, I might believe these things, but do you really? Because what you truly believe shows up in your life. So if these things are true, then what should we do? I believe there's four decisions that we need to make. If we believe them, There's three three, three things, three decisions we need to make. The first one is this. Make the decision to believe in Jesus. That he's not just a good teacher. Good teachers don't go around claiming to be God, right? Good teachers don't go around just healing people and raising crippled people and raising the dead. He's the son of God. And it's, it's to come to the place where you say, he really is God. And his words are true. And put your faith and belief in Him. See, if Jesus really is the Son of God and the giver of eternal life, then belief in Him is essential for eternal life. Let me ask you, have you come to the place where you believe that to be true and put your faith in Him? For many of you, probably yes. You can probably go back to the day, the moment you prayed and believed that. That's awesome, but I bet there's people here today who've never done that. The truth is, one day you'll stand before God and have to give an account for your life. <clears throat> my parents became believers and really devoted their life when I was to, to Jesus when I was six years old. Had me in church, me and my brother in church, uh, for like every time we could go to church. And I heard the, the Sunday school teachers in the first grade and the second grade and third grade, you know, I've heard the teachers back there to it. They had their little flannel boards with Jesus and here's Jesus, you know, you know, had all that, you know. How many of y'all grew up with the flannel board, Jesus? Right? You had that. But you had those and, and now and anyway, so they you know, I learned about it and Jesus began working in my heart even as a seven year old, eight year old. And at the age of nine, I remember just being in my bed and having this presence that God is saying, You need to devote your life to me. You de- Put your faith in me. I called my dad in from the living room. I was laying in my bed and told, him, "I need to become a believer. I need to get saved right now." It wasn't a perfect sermon. It wasn't when the music was just right and the cold temperature gave us goosebumps. It was none of that. It was just a time moment with God, and He moved in my life. And I said, "Dad, I need to get saved." We got down on beside my bed. I asked Jesus into my life, and that one decision has altered the course of my life. And many of you have experienced that, but some of you haven't. That one decision to put my faith in Jesus is the most important decision you will ever make. Now, let me be honest with you. There have been moments and there have been seasons where I wonder, is that true? Is this whole thing real? Anybody else ever you feel that way? Yeah. You, is it real? Is it, did Jesus really come, really die? And here's what I have to go back to. I don't think it's just a decision you make once. I think it's a decision you make consistently. Consistently. I believe it to be true. And I'm going to, even though the world around me be falling apart, even though I may not feel it, I know it's true and I believe it. And I'm going to put my hope in, though, it's true. So it's consistent. Have you done that? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Second thing is this. You've put your faith in Jesus. The second decision we must make is the decision to to, uh, pursue God's will in all things. So if Jesus is the one that will judge our actions, then we must seek his will in everything. Because we're going to give an account for our life, right? One day we're going to stand before God, even as a believer, and say, what did that do with my life? And we're going to have to give an account. Listen, if you don't have to put your faith in Jesus, all you have is your actions. And your actions aren't enough. And so we must ask ourselves, all right, if this is true, I'm going to have to give an account for my life. How should I live? You know how you live? You pursue Jesus and God's will and everything. Now, a few weeks ago, I shared this with you. that For years, I've had this, this thing where if you want to know God's will, you want to walk in with him. You know what you do? You Daily. Have your PBJ, your peanut butter and jelly. Remember that? Remember we talked about that? What was the PBJ? Prayer, Bible, and Jesus. If you want to know God's will, you want to seek him every, every day. You get up, sorry, Lord, I, I want to know your will. Guide me today. I'm going to get in the scripture. Guide me in the word. Teach me what I need to do. And worship him and devote your life to him. The PBJ. You know what? I had a PB and J this morning before I came. That's what my energy today right here. Not, you're never too big for the PB&J, right? I had that. Now, that's physically, that's what giving me the energy. You know what gives me the energy to pursue the Lord and know his will? When I get in the prayer, I get in the Bible, and I worship Jesus. When you're doing that, if you're seeking him, one day you're going to stand before God and He'll you'll say, what would you do with your life and all that I gave you? And you say, well, I pursued you in every way I could, and here's what I've got to show for it. Recently, I had an opportunity, a business transaction outside of the church. It was a real estate thing and um, could have really taken advantage of this person financially. And, and if my heart had been to, I want to get every dollar I can, every amount, I, I, I don't care about that person. I'm just going to go after it and be ruthless, I could have done that. But with the guy I was with, we were partnered together on this thing. We both love the Lord. And we both said this we told her, we have to lay our head on the pillow at night and know that one day we're going to give an answer to the Lord. So we want to do what's fair for you and fair for the whole situation because we understand this truth. We give an answer to the Lord. In your business, in your school, in your church, in your, in your test-taking, and no one's looking, and you could cheat easily, guess who you answer to one day? To the Lord. It's, it's right here. We have to give an account. We're going to be called up to heaven and give an account. Every decision, how you live your life, comes down to the decisions that you believe you're going to answer to God one day. And what you believe will determine what you do. A few days after Dana and I got back from our honeymoon years ago, we sat down and we wrote down on a piece of paper five things we believe that how God wants us to live our life. Based on the Scripture, based on what we believed, and those decisions have guided our life through all these years, almost 29 years. Because we believe those things to be true. and We know we're going to stand before God. We want to guide, let those guide us. What's guiding your life? Is it the word? Is it the scripture? Or is it just the opinions of people, the opinions of man, or your flesh? Make the decision to live with eternity. Now, the, now the third thing. Third thing we must do is make the decision to live with eternity in mind. Make the decision to say, you know what? I, I'm, I know I'm going to stand before God one day. I'm going I'm I'm to have to give an answer for these things. And so you must give an account of your life and then live with the end in mind. So th- this past week, I went to see one of our church members um, who is really, really, really bad off with cancer. Just a few weeks ago, she was here in the service. she has been battling with breast cancer for a few years was in remission and it came back and she within 10 days she went from being here in worship to in hospice and um I went over to pray with her and her husband and she's in bad shape and they're always in our first service and uh, just walked in uh, her husband just broke down crying and said it's gone to her brain it's brain cancer and they're you know it's just bad and they're, they they may be watching today I told him I was going to share about this today. Um, and as we were just talking over her and her bed, and her husband said this to me. He said, Randall, will never forget. A few years ago, you did a sermon with a long piece of rope that went from all the way across the stage. Some of you were here, if you remember that long piece of rope. And, and on that rope, I had one little red piece of tape, just right right there. And he said, I will never forget that our life is just that little bitty piece of tape on that rope that goes forever. And he said, and it's what we do and little in this little piece that matters. And, and, and he just started crying and she was smiling and just thinking and just saying, they are so grateful that in this piece, <laughs> this little piece of eternity that they live in their life, have put their hope in Jesus. And the one decision they made to believe in Jesus in that little t- point is going to matter for all of history, all of eternity. And I think we forget that in our life that what we do in this little bitty piece of eternity matters forever. Forever. And what you do with Jesus matters forever. To put your hope in and your belief in Him It matters forever. And so they could lay there and know that her time is coming, knowing that because they've done that, they have peace about eternity. They have hope about eternity. That they're going to see their loved ones again in eternity. And that their life has mattered and they're prepared. And listen, there's a 100% chance, church, 100% chance that we will die. Unless Jesus comes back, <laughs> we will have our end. Our little red piece of tape will come to an end, and what you do for eternity matters. Your hope in Jesus, the way you live, because you're going to be judged one day. But the good news is there's hope by putting our faith in Jesus and receiving His Spirit to empower you to live for Him daily. That's the hope and peace we have. So let us take this to heart today. Not, not just hear it, but to hear it and believe it. And let it change our life. Let us change with, live with eternity in mind. Believing every day that Jesus is our Redeemer. And, and live like He is who He says He is. And decide, decide to follow Him. So let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for this word. It's, it's a lot, and it's, but it's true. This morning, Lord, we, we hear it. And for those listening online, you've heard. We have to make a decision. Do we trust the words of Jesus, the man who heals people, and raises crippled people up, who claims to be one with the Father, who will judge us one day, who gives hope and peace and eternity by believing in Him, and that one day He's coming back again. Do we believe that? Do you believe that, church? If you believe that, let it impact the way you live. Father, we thank You for the hope and peace that You've given us. Help us to be people who hear the truth, believe it, and let it impact our life. Now, many of you here today are believers in Jesus. You, you've put your hope and your faith in Jesus. You believe it. If that's you, would you just thank Him right now? So, Lord, thank you that my eternity is secure in you. Thank you that I am no longer condemned. And I will not rise to condemnation one day, but to life. Thank Him for that. Now we'll ask Him this. So Lord, would you help me to live out what I believe? To live with eternity in mind. make the most with the things you have given me to share this with other people who don't have this same hope let's ask the Lord what he wants you to do with what you've heard this morning now, maybe you're here today and you've never, you've heard about Jesus, you've even thought that, hey, maybe he's the Son of God, but you've heard today and you hear what's coming and the truth of it. And you've never done what I did and what many of these others did, get down and just commit your life to Jesus say, I believe it, I'm going to follow it. If you've never done that, I want you to take that step. That one decision will alter the journey of your life and your spiritual destination Commit your life to Jesus. Start by this. The scripture says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Just as I got down on my knees and said, Lord, will you save me? Right there. Maybe you can on your seat right there. You want to get on your knees. Maybe you want to just just right there. Just say it out. Lord, save me. I want to spend eternity with you. And I want to have life now. If you just did that, Congratulations. Congratulations, man. That's the best decision you will ever make. Here's what I want you to do in just a moment while we're singing. There's a little white envelope envelope in your seat in front of you. Take it out. Write your name on it, your contact. And on the inside, it says, I'm committing my life to Jesus Christ. Why do you do that? You don't have to, but why do you do it? Because you need a church family. You need free people to come along and help you know how to walk and follow Jesus. We want to be that for you. So take a moment, fill that out. And then just start to live every day saying, Lord, I want to live according to your will with eternity in mind. Father, we love you, we thank you. You are good, we believe these things to be true. As we sing this song about what we believe, let it not just be words on a screen, but let it resonate with what we truly believe to be.